Welcome to the Westside Investors Network. Win your community of investing knowledge for growth. This is the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast for real estate professionals by real estate professionals. This show is focused on the next step in your career, investing. Thank you for listening. And please, if you like our content, rate us on your podcast provider. Just a quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are for educational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any shares or securities, make or consider any investments or take any other action. Welcome back to another episode of the Deal Deep Dive segment on the Westside Investors Network podcast. I'm your host, Trent Werner. In this segment, our featured guests will share their unique stories on a specific deal they've invested in. We will dive deep into finding the deal, financing the deal, writing an offer, and the due diligence. Do us a solid and smash that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this episode. And now, let's dive deep. All right. Welcome back to the Deal Deep Dive segment of the West Side Investors Network. Today, Franco is joining us. Uh, he's actually joining us from the same location, which is funny. We could have done this in person, but we're here. We'll do it virtually. Franco, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited for our conversation because we haven't had anyone like you on our show yet. Franco, please just take a minute or two, introduce yourself, a little bit about your background and how you got to being a mobile home park aficionado. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Trent. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, how I got into mobile homes. Kind of long story short, immigrant family from the Philippines. I was in a weird situation where my parents split. My dad was the main breadwinner. He left our family. And at 17, 18 years old, I really had to start working just to survive and support my single mom and my younger sister. And it was actually the hardest time of my life. And I remember it vividly because at the end of every month, I had to gather, I even borrowed money from friends and even my boss at the time just to pay for rent. And I remember thinking, why is it so difficult? You know, I feel like we're good people, but why do we have to go through all these hard pains and why is it that others don't have to, right? And long from working there, I was doing graphic design at a, at actually a Berkshire Hathaway company. And I asked for a raise doing graphic design. They said, no, but we'll teach you how to sell. And out of desperation, I door knocked and cold called so many times being just in survival mode for a sale and got into being a, a good real estate agent after I was kind of financially stable, I realized I really didn't like being a real estate agent. I hated it actually. And it was mainly because I had to turn away people that were in the shoes that I was in. I had to tell them, hey, unfortunately, you don't make enough. Unfortunately, you don't have enough saved as a down payment. Save more money, make more money and come back to me later. And I knew that they probably were never going to be able to come back. With prices going so high, they really didn't have a chance. And I devoted myself to kind of trying to find ways to help those people make it easier to get benefits of home ownership. And accidentally came across mobile homes, honestly. One mobile home seller asked me to help them. No agent wanted to help them. They didn't understand it. And I really studied mobile homes like deep in. We, there's so many false myths that we believe just because of the media. And we believe they depreciate. We believe the communities are bad. We believe that the people in these communities are bad. But you come to find out there are people starting their wealth building journey in these communities. And it actually is a perfect model for a lot of low-income families to start exiting that rat race. So 
We built a business around helping people get out of renting into mobile home ownership. And now we have a business that's converting these old 1970s homes into huge, luxurious 1,800 square foot homes inside of these mobile home parks. And it's been an amazing journey, honestly. I want to kind of dive into one of the aspects that you talked on, and thanks for sharing that. So you spoke about you know, a lot of the myths around mobile homes and manufactured homes and the parks. And I think the media does a good job and, and just quite frankly, ignorance does a good job of building on those myths. One thing you said is that there's a lot of people in these parks that are actually beginning their wealth building journey. You know, it's not because they're in a tough spot. And so that's the only place that they can live. It's people that want to find something more affordable. That's not them paying rent somewhere. And yeah, you might have a lease, a spot lease or plat lease, whatever it's called, but that's pretty minimal compared to other options. What are your thoughts on, I mean, I hear someone starting and a lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to buy a condo. Well, to be honest, condos are usually more expensive than (laughs) single family houses with HOAs and everything like that. How would you compare someone saying, I'm going to go buy a condo to start versus I'm going to go buy a mobile home or manufactured house and start my wealth building journey through manufactured housing versus a condo? Yeah. So when it comes to these questions like this, I honestly can say that there's no real universal answer for everybody. And it's all very unique to kind of that person's finances and what they can afford at that time. What's their current situation? And I kind of want to lay out the problem. Like I'll talk about San Jose a bit because that's where I grew up. But these numbers might be higher than most areas, but the ratios are kind of the same and the framework's kind of the same in any metro area, really. So in San Jose, a two-bedroom apartment for rent, typically about $3,400 a month is what people are paying to live in that area. The median sale price for a single-family home is $1.6 million, right? Now, I know these numbers are high, but these ratios will work similar in other areas as well. But how do you ever dream about owning a single-family home when you're continuously paying for rent and you can't save up for a down payment? And then how do you ever think about buying a single-family home when your monthly payment is going to look like $8,000 a month? It's a huge leap, right? And the beautiful thing about mobile homes, it's it's kind of like a hybrid ownership. There is a third of your payment. A lot of people look frown upon the whole lot rent or the space rent or renting the land. But how it looks is about a third of the payment in San Jose goes towards the lot rent. And then two thirds of that goes towards the ownership of the mobile home. So if you imagine a thousand a month goes towards the space rent and $2,500 a month, I'm sorry, late talk price, about 300,000 is what a median mobile home is in San Jose. But this is a three bedroom, two bath home. A thousand a month goes towards the lot rent, 2,500 a month goes towards the mobile home itself, right? But just by shifting from renting, when you're paying rent, all you're doing is paying for temporary shelter for that month. But when you shift that payment to the mobile home element, you actually own the asset above. A lot of these benefits that we get from owning a home, the equity, being able to leverage a loan to build your net worth and the tax benefits, all of these things are normally not accessible to us, but those same elements still apply to mobile home ownership as well. So just by shifting that framework from renting to mobile home owning, they're able to, just by living there, have a better cash flow inside of their for their family to be able to bolster themselves to four years later down the line, sell that mobile home, and then be able to have an asset 
and then be able to have money to purchase a single family home later down the line. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is understanding that it is a stepping stone in between and using that to get ahead. And the key thing with the areas is to your question is how do we compare it to condos? How do we compare it to townhouses? It's all going to be in comparison to the area that you're in and what's available. Because in our area, for example, a condo is going to be around eight, nine hundred thousand. Townhouses are still over a million, right? That's not always attainable for a teacher or or the middle class, right? So it's all about what you have at that moment and what's attainable for you at that moment. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is because when it comes to a condo, there's usually going to be HOA dues. And so instead of, and I don't know about mobile home parks, but instead of paying HOA dues plus a higher purchase price, you're able to get into an asset at a lower purchase price. And yeah, you have lot rent, but it kind of coincides with the structure that you own versus just maintenance and the management of HOAs, you know? That's what I was asking. It sounds like it's more financially efficient to go with a mobile home versus a condo in most cases, especially in your area that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And it works as well, like in Austin area and that sort of thing. And it all comes down to your preference, right? So we have a lot of, and believe it or not, we have a lot of lately people that want to go downsize from selling their, a lot of older people that are, their kids moved out of their home. They sell their single family home. They want something low maintenance, want something single story and want something brand new and nicer and low and easier to maintain. And they'll downsize from there too. And and love the lifestyle of living in these mobile home parks too. So it's kind of a good use case for multiple scenarios as well. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about what you do in terms of converting or adding a new structure into a lot. So talk through that process with me a little bit. You find a lot that has a or a 1970s or an older home on it. You move it yeah. or remove it and put something new there? Pretty much exactly that. So keep in mind that there's tons of mobile home parks that are out there and that, you know, they're really hidden. So what we'll come to find out is that, for example, in our area, there's a mobile home park right across the street from the Google headquarters, another one right near the Samsung headquarters. So the proximity of these locations are really prime. And then the other thing to mention is that because they were built in the 70s, it wasn't high density housing back then. They would build You'll see a lot of these old single wide homes that have a large yard. They don't maximize the house for a high density situation. So we'll find a lot of these people that live in these mobile home parks and help educate them that, hey, you have this opportunity to pretty much double your square footage or more and have a much higher quality home. And we'll do replacement packages for them, which is basically they'll spend about $250,000 to replace their old single wide, which is about 700 square feet, bad quality home. And after they spend the 250, their future resale value of their home is now 400K and above, right? So it becomes a win-win for all parties. One is they get more square footage. They also get more value in their home. They get to leverage that loan to build up their asset. And it becomes a beautiful thing for them to be able to start building their net worth, right? Yeah. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Get things done while you're on the move. Learn more about working with a virtual assistant through offsite professionals. It's a great way to get all the things done that you need to get done. Have freedom in your time and streamline your life 
by automating your business. Stop spending time on the tasks that you can delegate and start spending more time on your superpower. Call us today at 503-446-3177 or visit our website at offsiteprofessionals.com. Uptown Syndication is now offering a syndication coaching program for you to take your real estate portfolio to the next level. This is your opportunity to have experienced syndicators, AJ and Chris Shepard, coach you on your way to controlling your real estate investing future. Our coaching program will provide you with the tools and framework needed to begin syndicating real estate in your target market. Go to uptownsyndication.com today to learn more. So how does your company fit into this? You kind of coordinate everything or are you making manufactured homes? How do you fit into this? Yeah, so we have a construction company and then we also partner with Basically, a lot of these factories that build modular housing, and we'll do partnerships with them to build out our product in these factories as well. So one of the big things about construction, too, is we're facing this huge problem around the cost of how we build these homes. Unfortunately, we're hitting this huge, how do I say this, this labor issue. Most of our construction workers are 40 years old and older, and we don't have a lot of young people that want to work with a hammer. Right. And we really have to innovate on the housing side of the way we build these homes because we're building these homes just like we were 30 years ago. And if you think about it, cars originally were only built for the rich and the wealthy. And it was only until we started building them in a factory on an assembly line that we were able to build these for everybody. Right. And that's exactly what we're doing with housing. We are building these on an assembly line in a huge warehouse facility. And in the end, what's happening is the complete total cost of the home is much lower than it is if we were to build a single family home and a lot. I mean, that all makes sense. And so you talked about your process and your, can't remember what you called it, but your package that you offer where someone can basically upgrade their home, more square footage, newer build, and then also have a larger future upside. When you're presenting this to someone and they obviously have to move their current house because you can't put multiple houses on one lot, in my knowledge. What happens with that old structure when they say, yeah, Franco, we're ready to rock. We're going to go with you know your package. Here's our pre-approval for 250K. What happens to the old structure and how long does this process take for them to be fully ready to go in their new place? So two separate questions. What happens with the old? For the first one, what happens to the old one? There's a few different dispositions that we'll do with that. The worst scenario is that we unfortunately have to demolish it and take it to the recycle for them to pretty much demo the whole thing. And the other is sometimes we'll find farmers or that sort of thing that will take these old units and repurpose it elsewhere. And then we are also testing. I've done a few where we've delivered it to Mexico and for them to be able to use it as well. The true thing is about mobile homes and mobile home parks, the value isn't really much so in the home itself. A big part of the value is in the home being in that specific location. As soon as we take that home that might be worth 100000 in this park, as soon as we take it off of that lot, it's really only worth like 10000 at most, right? So that's the first part of that. The second part of that is doing and releasing the home customized to how they want it. And we have everything all signed and released, no changes or anything like that. Once we submit it to the factory, Two years ago, it took us about 13 months to complete. And I love breaking our records and that sort of thing. This month, we're looking at breaking our record and we're going to have a start from signing to completion in as little as two and a half months. 
So, which is kind of a wow. huge change. Now we're able to push that out. So we did one in three months, just a few months ago, and now we're going to have a completed home in two and a half months. And after doing it repeatedly, hundreds of times, we're able to really streamline that process and get things all set to how it should be. And you said you partner with manufacturers of these homes. Are they local to your area or are they coming in out of state? A lot of them come out of Riverside. It depends where we're out of. So there's Chandler, Arizona as well. It all depends to the quality of the product that they want. I'm also doing consulting for people in like Austin and East Coast as well. So there's always ways to work with these factories elsewhere. Of course. And then I guess one more question I have on this disposition side of the old structure. I mean, you said it pretty well where once you remove it from that location, it's only worth mm-hmm. whatever the material's worth, right? Or the 1970s structure. Have you explored the idea of moving that to alternative locations or partnering with people in alternative locations that are looking to add structures and then maybe do some cosmetic repairs to it? Actually, that's a great question. That's so funny that your brain's thinking that way because we are currently working on a few pretty much prototype ideas too. That was one of our thoughts. One of the flaws to it is that because these were built in the 70s, these cities and jurisdictions have criteria of what's the age of these, where these homes can go. However, there are some cities that are more aggressive and want anyone to build in their area. Salinas in our area is a place where they're a little more flexible at this type of thing. So we're doing a project now where we're just putting it on a lot and going to rebuild it there. I don't know that it's successful yet, if I'm going to be honest with you, but it is something we're exploring. That makes sense. So what do you see? I mean, obviously you said you've done this hundreds of times now. You're consulting for people outside of your state and outside of your area. Where do you see this company continuing to go? Obviously, you said you become more efficient in terms of total turn time. What's the kind of next step for you guys in growth or how you can help more people? Yeah. So I guess, you know, to be honest, our our big agenda lately is really just building awareness around how mobile homes work. I think those stigmas that the media portrays around what mobile homes are and what everyone's perception about what mobile home parks are in some areas in outside states, because I do consulting for these parks, like in places like Florida, there's places that want to close these down because they're misunderstood. And it's kind of a sad thing because it's such a great thing for society, right? So I spoke at Washington, DC to try to advocate for this and that sort of thing. But the way I see it is that it really is the last stand for affordable housing and that we have to protect the social mobility for middle-class families to be able to get benefits of home ownership. And unfortunately, there's so many people out there that don't yet own a home and they feel like one day I'm going to have a big boost of income and be able to afford a home or there's going to be a huge crash and I'm going to afford a home and they end up being waiting to make that decision and can't improve where they're at. And this is really that bridge to get people out of that rat race. And I don't care whether it's through our company or anyone else, but they should realize that this is a beautiful thing and it's something that they can move towards. I'll point out too, like if we think, I mean, if you think about apartments, there are bad apartment complexes where you don't want your kids running around and there's also luxury style apartments. It's the same thing with mobile home parks. You know, we have mobile home parks that look like resorts. They have water parks, they have tennis courts, they have spas and that sort of thing. And that's why on our YouTube channel, we really showcase the beauty of the people 
that live in these communities, the beauty of the communities themselves. And we also show on our YouTube channel how these are constructed at high quality. So I think for us, it's really just building awareness around that and helping as many people as we could. And I think coming from my background, what's interesting is like, and I know on a lot of these channels, we focus a lot on how can we make more money with less effort and that sort of thing. But I think I kind of want to inspire people that to how do we help more people and have it sustainable? And for me and my team, I'm more proud when they help a family that could have never afforded a home. And I still tear up today when I see tears of joy from a family that could have never afforded something. And they're so happy because of it. So I think for us, it's just building more affordable housing options, not just rent reduced options. As soon as you said that, a light went off in my head because a lot of people, especially in my area and some of the developers that I've seen is the city talks about affordable housing and most often it's affordable apartment housing. It's still renting. So they, you Mm -hmm. know, the city gives these developers big tax breaks for, you know, offering affordable housing. But at the end of the day, the people in those affordable housing units don't own anything. They're still renting them. And the owner of the building is still the one that's benefiting the most. And your idea of helping people get into an affordable ownership situation is something that not a lot of people talk about. And it's awesome to hear you really pushing this because, you know, affordable apartments is one thing, but at the end of the day, it's still renting. Affordable ownership is a completely different side of the coin and is really cool to see, you know, you take pride and really push this idea because not a lot of people talk about it. It's really cool. Yeah. It's so important to me. And I'm glad you brought that up, Trent, because if you think about it, when I was younger, when I was a middle class or like when I was trying to just survive, right? You know, I learn everything in school, but they don't teach financial literacy in school. And I don't know why, but it's so important. Like, we don't know the, the huge difference between renting and owning and why it's so important. And we only get information around the people we're around. I didn't have any rich friends or anything like that. And then now I look at other groups, you know, wealthy families have kind of an advanced education because they get to get advice from their friends and that sort of thing as well. And that's why I'm passionate about our YouTube channels. We educate like, hey, what is the breakdown? We show we show families that you shifted from renting to this, and this is what your financials are going to look like in five years and how it's $100,000 difference just by shifting from renting to owning. And in five years, making the same payment. And these are things that we aren't taught in school. And unfortunately, a lot of the government affordable housing, their sight of it is just, if we reduce rent, then we're helping society, which isn't always the biggest benefit where we should be, like you said, creating opportunities for these teachers to own, for the middle class to be able to get the ownership benefits and have financial security for their family. And to me, that's the most important thing. I got two things that I want to talk after or say after you you mentioned that. And the financial literacy thing is very true, very accurate. Not a lot of people talk about it. You almost have to go seek it out unless you come from a community that talks about it, right? One thing that you said is switch from and really showing the difference between renting versus owning. And I think a lot of people get that. They're like, oh yeah, you know, if I own, I'll have equity and all that stuff. What a lot of people fail to do, myself included, and I was actually just talking with the previous guest about this, but forecasting what your situation is going to look like and your equity increases and your, you know, cash flow increases is something that I think a lot of people forget about. You know, you do it in a business setting where, oh, if we just kept on increasing by 5%, our sales will hit these targets in Q2 next year. 
But a lot of people forget to do that for their own personal finances, myself included. And so the situation looks cool right now. But if you just do a simple model and forecast it out over five, 10 years, I think it helps you see why making this decision is so important right now and doing it as soon as you can, because time is on your side if you're able to set yourself up in a certain situation. That's where stepping stones really make a difference, because when you are in a tough financial situation, I remember living week to week, right? And it's hard to think a year ahead. The better our personal cash flow gets, the easier it is to start planning ahead, right? From week to week, to month to month, to a year, to two years, to three years, to five years, right? And that's where having a net worth or an asset really helps you be able to make better long-term decisions. Absolutely. The other thing I wanted to say, and I've been seeing social media is so powerful, right? They control the narrative. Everyone can post whatever they want and create narratives around pretty much anything that they think. And a lot of people right now, because of where interest rates have gone in our current market, it's for future listeners, it's August 2023. And you know, residential home rates are seven, seven and a half percent on most conventional loans right now. But a lot of people on social media are now starting to talk about why renting is better than owning because of the payment difference. For some people, that's probably the case. But at the end of the day, rent is 100% interest. You're never seeing that money again. And so you really have to kind of think about, can I afford to own a home or a mobile home or a condo or whatever it may be with the current rates? If you really break it down, if you're paying three grand a month in rent or $4,000 to own a place, you're going to come out ahead if you own something versus renting, even though the payment is going to be a little bit higher right now. So I just wanted to say that because I think a lot of people are misconstrued on the idea of, well, payments, my payment would be higher if I own something, but my rent is basically flushing money down the toilet. Obviously, you get a benefit from it because you get to live in a place and all that stuff, but you'll never see it again. So I think a lot of people miss that point when they see these higher payments. Exactly. And the full understanding that it's okay to pay more monthly to be able to help your future self two years five years down the line, right? And it's that big understanding in how money works as well is that, hey, this payment that I'm paying for a mortgage is coming out of my bank account. But keep in mind, that's still an asset that you own, right? So you got to calculate the part of that that you get to keep and that you get to sell later down the line, Mm -hmm. right? But we aren't taught these things. And money doesn't just go one way, but it also comes back when you sell it later down the line. But when you rent, like you said, it's gone. You'll never see that payment that you got again. All of that benefit goes to the owner of that unit or the landlord, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, Franco, did we miss anything today during our discussion or our conversation? No, it was a great conversation. I can't think of anything. Yeah. I think just for those out there, I urge you to kind of take a look around and see what mobile home parks actually look like. We do a good job of doing a lot of visual stuff. We could talk about it a lot on this podcast, but I believe that until you visually see it on video, it's really impactful and you can really see how the homes are built and that sort of thing. And I think a great place for people to see it on video would be your YouTube channel. And where can people find you on YouTube? Yeah, it's just Franco Mobile Homes on YouTube. And then all of our links to like our Matterport tours and that sort of thing is all on www.franco.tv. And I can't wait to put that in the bio for other people to follow the links. I really encourage everyone to go check out Franco's YouTube channel as well as the other links that will be linked in the bio for this show. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm excited to get this one out there for our listeners. Awesome, Trent. I'm thankful to be here and I love what you're doing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Professionals Investing Podcast on WIN, your community of investing knowledge for growth. 
We hope that this episode has increased your knowledge and added value to your path to freedom. If you would, please take a second to rate us so that we can get more great investors to interview. If you or someone that you know wants to be on, please visit westsideinvestors.com and fill out our form to be on the show. Thank you again and enjoy your day.